ott van még Nikolic, Nígó felé, Nígó helyzetben, gól! Gól! Nígó kiegyenlít! Bravo Loik, bravo Lolikám, Lajos, szép gól volt! Sallai, azon mellett még el tudjuk hozni. Sőt, Szoboszlai kap labdát. Szoboszlai előtte Nikolic bent középült könyves. Szoboszlai, könyves szép helyet csinált neki. Szoboszlai lő, gól! Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Hungarian Football Podcast. Hope you've all had a fantastic summer. Um, it seems only yesterday that we were in the sunshine watching Hungary at the European Championships, but winter is fast approaching and that can only mean one thing, World Cup qualifiers and starting this Thursday, it's an enormous one. England are the visitors to Budapest and to talk over this international week with me is Tom Mortimer as always. Hi Tom. Hello Gabby, how's it going? I'm good, thank you, my friend. But unfortunately, I've got some late news that um, Chris Barrett has had to pull out the squad. Um, so it's just you and me tonight. Yeah, it's um, probably COVID related, I guess. I, I'm, I'm really hoping it's not. I hope it's it's something like a torn ACL or something. But, you know, yeah, it's fine. just yeah, you know, yeah. Chris, whatever it is, we, we hope you're well, mate. And um, we'll catch you back up here for the um, wrap up show when hopefully we're going to be talking about Hungary getting three points against England. So first off, let's get into the squad, Tom. Now, um, the, the squad that was first mentioned has obviously had... A few people pull out now, so um, we've lost Lovrenčić, who's out to injury, and um, Luik Nigo as well, who is out because of COVID. Um, Tamas Cherry has been called up as a replacement. Um, I don't think we've replaced Lovrenčić, Tom. I, I don't know if you've seen anything there. Don't think so yet. No. No. Okay. So, um, interesting. The squad's pretty much as we expected. Expected. Um, Daniel Shalloy has got a very deserved call-up. That guy's absolutely setting fire to MLS this season. And um, a new name for for um, people is Mark Tamash, who comes in, um, the, the defender. Tom, what did you make of the squad? And what can you tell us about the uh, the new guys that have come in? Yeah, like you say, not too too many surprises. Tomash at Slusk, um, though... He's been in and out of the team there. I think it just is kind of an indication of us being a little bit light at, in defence. Um, and obviously Daniel Charlois, like you say, who's, who's on fire in the MLS, as we've obviously spoke to um, Tussup last time, and he's kind of the man. Uh, well, I think Daniel even said like he attributes some of the his resurgence foot to Fusup and uh, yeah he's been he's been awesome in MLS and I'm really really excited to see him in this squad like I, we've got kind of almost spoiled for riches up top for 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 once like Adam Zolai scored at the uh, the weekend for Mainz in in the Bundesliga played really well by all accounts didn't watch it but I, I read a few reports and, and watched the highlights he looked really good really sharp 
Um, and Janos Hahn scored a goal in every game he's played in MV1 this season. So, um, yeah, we look good in attack. Obviously, Dominic Sobosai is back in in the team, um, which is going to be a massive boost. He started in, in the Bundesliga in, in fine form, especially in that um, first start that he had um, last weekend where he scored, scored two beauties. Um, and, yeah, the back, I think we look pretty good as well. Like, I think Bala is going to be a really good um, uh, player to come into the side. I don't think he played any, I think he maybe played about 10, 15 minutes or so in the Euros, or if, if that. Um, but he's doing pretty well at Grasshoppers in, in Switzerland. So, yeah, we're in pretty good shape. I always look at um, how many home-based players we have as an indication of, of how strong the squad is. And it, it's really quite light. There's only, um, I think, five play, uh, outfield players who are based in, in Hungary. And obviously one of them is Thomas Sherry, who, who you just mentioned is a late call-up. So um, and I know that doesn't mean everything, just the players playing in Hungary, but it is an indication that this, this squad is pretty strong. Absolutely. And uh, let's, I mean, uh, Sobosh lies back, which is incredible. Mm. And uh, as you said, Tom, he has hit the ground running with um, with Leipzig, as we really hoped he would. Um, I mean, what a way to, to introduce yourself. Um, uh, phenomenal. We know his talent, Tom. You've, you've, you've talked about his talent from when, when no one had ever heard of him. So it, fully well, well aware of what he can do. Um, there's a lot of people that are excited for him to come into this team, and rightly so. But if we look back to how the team performed at the Euros without him, what can you see being a real difference in that midfield in terms of what are we going to gain and what are we possibly going to lose? I think what Sobosai will gain is, like, more than anything, is, is set pieces. Uh, I know that he's a lot more than that. He's got a lot more to his game than than just set pieces, but he is magnificent at set pieces. As, as we saw in that Leipzig game, he, he created a couple of chances from uh, free kicks and corners and scored from a free kick, and he almost set up one at the weekend from a free kick. Um, our set pieces in the Euros were actually pretty poor, and we've got a big team. Um, Willy Orban's immense um, from from set pieces. I, I saw a stat yesterday that he, he has had the most shots for Leipzig this season out of anyone, and he's obviously a centre-back. <laughs> Adam Zolai is amazing from corners. Um, I, I, think, I don't think Attila Zolai scores too many goals, but um, he's a beast in the air as well. So, like, I think that's a big thing. I think also the way that he can create and score from anywhere is something that we we lacked a little bit in the Euros. I think we were kind of re- relying on Shalai, um for that kind of little bit of spark, that a little bit of creativity out of nowhere. Whereas Soboslai is that man who can just do that from midfield and with Schaefer, I thought he did really well in the Euros, but I think he's a bit safe with his pass. He's just nowhere near as good as Soboslai. Um, so it's not a, not a criticism of Schaefer at all. But um, Soboslai will give us that in midfield. And I think I don't think we'll lose anything, to be honest. I really don't. I think Soboslai is also really, really good defensively. Like he, he grew up in a Red Bull system, so he knows how to press. He knows how to defend. He has to defend if he wants to play in that 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 system. Um, so I think. The only thing I think is just it's just a huge, huge upgrade. It's not like Man United at the moment where they've just signed Ronaldo and they know that Ronaldo is not going to track back and he's going to be a bit of a mard ass on the pitch. Like Soboslai 
I don't think there's any negative for him being in the squad. I think he's going to be a huge, huge lift for this team. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I just think that, like you say, Rossi makes sure that everyone knows their jobs and mm. and they stick to them like you know rigidly. I think if we would have had a squad that we've had in the past years that have been like not particularly to this standard or way off this standard, actually, I'm being too yeah. there. Um, <laughs> he would have possibly been given the freedom to go and crack on and do what you want. But let's say having a player as talented as that and, and the fact that Rossi still makes him incredibly disciplined in it is, is going to be a great benefit to us. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Like, I think if sometimes, like, if that would be the case, like, and say we were just a rabble, like, under Pinter or, or Leakins, um, and he was just playing in that midfield, it would probably, yeah, he'd probably be undisciplined and, we wouldn't get the best out of him, and it may be just be feel like he's above the team. Whereas, like you say, like being under Rossi, like he, yeah, he's basically you are to be a part of this team. I guess it also helps that we did so well in the Euros, and now he's coming into that team. Like it's not like we're in in a bad moment. And he's picking us up. He's got to be bang on it to to take us to a different level. Mm, for sure. And w- when we um saw these guys all playing at the Euros and, and the performances that they put in, I, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, uh, me included, that would have been guilty thinking this is probably peak Hungarian football. This is, this is where these guys are at. They've raised their game. They're playing at a level that they've never had to before in their lives. And all of a sudden the season's kicked off again. And in whichever respective countries these players are playing in, they've all gone into form massively. They've yeah. really, picked up from from that Euros and carried it onto their club sides. Yeah, like, um, like well, Lachie's obviously playing like at Leipzig. Orban, at this time last season, he was kind of in and out of the Leipzig team when they had a... a, 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 a I always can't pronounce it. Pomacarcano. The guy's moved to Bayern anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then Conate, he's moved to Liverpool. Um, where Orban's now the main man in that defensive uh, in defence, like Zola Attila, who's obviously at Fenerbahce and kind of making himself more and more of a court hero by the week. Uh, Boll has obviously gone to to a good league in Switzerland. Um, I think we're still a bit short at left wing back, and we probably should have called up Callum Styles if we could. Um, but yeah, like Nodge is maybe a little bit one that hasn't doing anything because he's only played like 30 minutes since um, since the Euros for Bristol City and obviously now he's just moved to Italy. Kleinheister's doing exactly what he was doing it before. Soboslai, Daniel Gosdog is one that who's obviously now playing for Philadelphia Union um, and playing every week, starting every week in MLS. Shabot Schoen's playing every week in MLS. I don't think he'd played a game before the Euros. Uh, and then Shalloway, um, at Sporting Kansas City, who's probably one of almost the best player in MLS at the moment, like, and then and then Adam Zola, like, who's like starting for Mainz and scoring goals, like he scored already this season. He scored as many goals as he scored last season in in the league. So like, yeah, we are in a really really good position to be honest. Do you think that the way Salai played in the in the Euros up front and his leadership and everything like that made made teams realise his worth as opposed to you're not necessarily getting yourself a goal scorer but you're getting a 
getting a leader you're getting um someone that's just going to completely mess around with the with the opposition defense from start to finish yeah i think you i think you're right like he he can he just brings to his side to the side so much more than than just being a striker who like not nikolic or whatever who just stands up front and scores goals like, i i actually think he's a pretty decent finisher like uh, it just doesn't get in those positions enough. Like his goal at the weekend was awesome for Mainz. His goal against Germany was awesome. It's a fantastic header. Um, and yeah, I think sometimes, I think with him, he's a very much a confidence player as well. And when he's riding the wave and like he has been for Hungary, and it must have given him so much confidence the way he performed in that Euros. So to go back to Mainz, bring him with that confidence again, it's, yeah, it's it's only going to stand him in good stead, I think. Mm, I think having that Hungarian badge on his chest whenever he pulls yeah. that shirt on it, it gives him an extra 20-30% as well. Mm. I, you know, there can't be many prouder men than than him to be uh, to be leading the team on. Um, going back to Adam Nodge, raised a few eyebrows with his move um, to to Italy, like you said there, Tom. Um, English Championship, he said, wasn't for him. Um, it, it's a brutal dis- division. It's, it's, it's fantastic division. But where does that leave him in in, in standing a- a- against England? Um, albeit he's not going to be playing Championship um, players, but um, it's, it's a really strange move for me. It's, it's backwards. Yeah, like I don't know if. Uh, uh, well, I, I guess we kind of had this um, thought when he moved to the championship before. Like we, like like you said, it's a really good league, but it's a bit, it's brutal, it's physical. Um, like surely someone should have known this. Like, <laughs> like we, just ask us, ask us if you want. Like, ask anyone <laughs> in England who's watched the championship. They know it's a physical league, so it shouldn't have been a shock. Like and it's not suited to Adam Nudge if he wants to play week in week out. Um, if he wants to play to his best in a league, like he should be moving to it to Spain. To be honest, like the ticky tack of football, um, the passing the football on the ground, like this kind of slow paced of that league, is perfect for Adam Nudge. I don't. I I said it like so many times. Like he should he should have moved to La Liga or La Liga too. Like. Mm. I don't. I it didn't work out at Bologna, um, and we all know that he's got capabilities to play for a team like that. Then move to Championship. Who who made like who made that decision? Especially like looking back on it now, when he says it was a physical league. Yes, we know, we know it's a physical league. Um, and now he's moving back to Italy, like, and to to Serie B as well. Like, sure, he might do well in Serie B but Serie B is is not a good league it's not the level of the championship it's not like a a second tier which is as good as the championship Um, I'd say it's more like La Liga 2 maybe a little bit worse especially the teams near the bottom in that league it's not as good as like Bundesliga 2 and like La Liga 2 is not great either like um, Hidi who's Who's now back in Hungary was playing. He was pretty good in 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 La Liga two for Real Oviedo, and now Adam Nodge is playing at a similar standard. Like, it's not a great move. His agent has done a very bad job. I know someone said on 
Twitter, they made a really good point that Nodge hasn't done it at the club level. So maybe he didn't have too many suitors, but I'm sure he could have, he's not going to be on a high wage. He could have got a move to La Liga. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. If an agent with any worth would have got him and a move to La Liga. Um, but yeah, we're going to see how it goes at Pisa. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, I, this is kind of a make or break, I think, for him. If he doesn't make it here, despite how well we know he can play for Hungary, I think he'll struggle to get a good move after this. I think he'll really struggle. And I hope he doesn't come back to Hungary, but I wouldn't write it off if this move to Pisa doesn't work out too well. Mm. No, very, very true. Uh, I think we've we've had Hungarian players that are a lot worse than him that have made it to the to the La Liga, like you say before. Um, it's a, yeah, very, very strange move. Now, Christian Vadoc and Adam Pinter made exactly. it. Exactly, Adam yeah. Pinter played almost every week at Real Zaragoza in La Liga. Like, it's not that good. I mean, like Absolutely. at the top, it's like de- well, it's not even that decent in the top anymore. But at the bottom, like, Ennis Bardi's one of like. Ennis, obviously, Ennis Bardi in, in um, MB1 was awesome, but like Ennis Bardi like gets in the team every week and he's one of Levante's best players. Like, like yeah. and Levante are like what mid table? They almost got like Europeans like one year. Like, yeah. come on, he's good enough for that. He could like to be a bench player or a squad player at I don't know one of the teams near the bottom, Valladolid or something. Come on. I wonder whether he had a chat with with Rossi before making that move. Would you think you, you, you would, if you're an international footballer, mm. obviously playing at championship level, I mean, that's pretty much going to get, get you a pick into into international teams like ours. So to then sort of take that that dip into, you know, Serie B in Italy, you'd, you'd think, I wonder whether it, it, it would be worth phone call to Rossi. And he might have advocated the move. You never know. Yeah, and like... Like Nodge has been in Italy before, so I guess that there's that kind of comfort of going back to a country like that. Maybe he's, he, I don't know how well his Italian, how good his Italian is, or and how much he enjoyed his time there. Like yeah, and like you say, like Rossi might have said, oh yeah, this is this would be a good move for you. I heard there's like a uh, a project going on at Pisa. Like it's it's a good place. You've got a good chance to be um, going up to to Serie A. Um and 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 I know I imagine I remember Nodge saying before like he enjoyed the tactical side of of Serie A which which is very heavily um it is very tactical as as a league and as a system um in Italy and obviously that's I guess why their national team do so well um despite like their lack of stars really um so yeah that 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 is all true but like. I think to like some of our players who played in Serie B in the past, Fetcherson, Roland Varga, Adam Vosch, and actually Adam Vosch and Roland Varga both played in in Serie A with Brescia. Mm. Um, Daniel Terzic, like most of uh, there's there'll be loads of other players who's played who've played in Serie B who were nowhere near the standard of Adam Lodge. Like. I don't want to say it's like the worst move in the world and it could turn out to be good. It's just, I think I said on um, Twitter, it's like the most uninspiring move I've seen since Juju went to Alvada. Like, it's just, it's just like one of their moves. It's like, ah, oh, like you just, you just like sigh, like, oh man, this mm-hmm. is, I just, I, I feel for you here because you should be getting better. You deserve better. 
I just wonder in a year's time whether we're going to get a quote from him where he's saying that the supermarkets weren't quite as good as Asda and that's why he's moving on. But <laughs> we shall see. Um, Are they? I don't know. Have you have you been to Italy? Have you? I don't know. You know what they'd have over there. I I would imagine that it's got to be kind of little type stuff. Mm. Maybe I don't know. Care for? I don't know. If you're if you're um, Italian, um, I know we've got some fantastic Italian followers. Um, drop us a drop us a line in the in the messages and let us know where where is the um, shop of choice. Yeah, so, and pass it on to Adam Nodge as well. And make sure that he settles in there. Yeah. Um, what other podcast do you get to learn about Italian supermarkets? I'm I'm, I'm baffled if there is one. World leading, we are world leading. That's um, it. And if we, if anyone ever goes to Italy, they'll know um, they know which supermarkets they hit up. And it's all thanks to us. Um, <laughs> we are available for sponsorship deals if anyone's um, in, interested in Italy. Um, Tom, sticking with the championship, a player that you mentioned there, Callum Styles. Now, I I haven't watched Barnsley particularly um, many times. I, I'm guilty of it for whatever reason but they happened to be playing my team the other day and um it was the first chance I got to see him play for 90 minutes and I was I wasn't kind of with you guys when you were saying that he should be called up and uh, and etc but when I saw him play um against Luton on on a Tuesday night a couple of weeks back the guys got to get a call up I would be doing whatever I could to get him into our team rather than Ukraine um he w- he's absolutely so dynamic he's got everything that we need in that left back position yeah i um i completely agree like i've, I've not seen much of him like it's not someone i've searched out to watch a lot of because i didn't even know you had hungarian heritage until he offered that information in an interview just before the euros um but someone was i think it was Gabrielle on Twitter, I think she said that you can't actually have dual citizenship if you want to uh, be a Ukrainian. So right. Yeah, he's got to denounce one of them or something, hasn't he? Yeah, so I don't think that's even a possibility. So I think we're basically competing with it. I don't think you'd do that um, to play for them or like it would be a big, it would be a bold move to do that, to renounce your English citizenship just to play for them. So I think his option, mate, like his biggest option, is 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 England. Uh, is is Hungary? Like I don't think he's going to be good enough to play for for England. He's no. good, isn't he? He's like really technically very very good. Absolutely. Um, he's and, a goal threat as well. He's a serious goal threat. Um, yeah. Yeah. He he um he was in positions that I I, I was expecting like the centre forward to be in, and he he was sort of you know he narrowly missed a a, a great chance um for an equaliser. Um, uh, yeah, like you say, he, he's someone that I, I would be definitely knocking on the door. Why he's not making a decision so far is is a bit beyond me. Um, Callum, if you're listening, come over to Budapest. Let me and Tom take you out. That's the country you need to be playing for, my friend. We'll make sure you you're fully aware of that by the end of it. And the thing is, like, yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's good enough to play for England. But and. He keeps offering, like he said it in an interview about three or four weeks ago, like, oh, yeah, I'd like to play for Hungary or Ukraine if I don't get the option of playing for England. Like he's offered this information twice in the past four or five months. Like, I don't know what we're waiting for, to be honest. I don't know if it's like a thing that, oh, yeah, 
is he going to be? I don't know. Like, does Rossi want to call up this guy who's never been to Hungary in his life or whatever? Like, it worked well for Chile with Berriton Diaz, like Ben Berriton, the English lad playing for yeah. for Chile in the Copa America. He scored the goal. I think he was in the team of the uh, group stage. Like, and no one knew that this guy was had Chilean heritage. Like, um, <laughs> like if it's good enough for Chile, it's good enough for Hungary. And it's not like we don't do this. Like Loic Nago, like love Loic Nago, but he doesn't have a, an ounce of Hungarian blood in him. No. Like, like um, he's just played in Hungary for a few years, and yeah, that I, I love that he's he, he plays with passion for us and everything. I'm not knocking him, but I guess in terms of blood, like Callum Styles is more Hungarian because he's got Hungarian grandparents, like same as me. So like, um, I don't think yeah, it's, it's not going to be a case of him. Um, not playing for the shirt or anything and and like you say he's more than good enough um Adam Nodge can't make it in that league and this guy can for a team who got into the playoffs last year um like yeah he's uh, and what is he 21 too yeah like still get him in that team right yeah. now we also really need a left wing back exactly so, yeah I wonder if I wonder if it's nerves. I wonder if you've got to, you know, like to immerse yourself into a culture that you're, you're possibly not, yeah. not um, you know, don't have any sort of awareness of or understanding. You're going to be playing in a team where, um, you know, they're all sort of Hungarian talk. Because albeit Rossi's going to do the team talks, etc., in English, you know, so it's, it's not yeah. something for him to be scared of. But you're a young lad. You've got you're playing for Barnsley. You've got a chance to play international football in front of sixty eight thousand people in Hungary, uh, you know, and so on and so on. And come on, Callum, get it done, son. Get it yeah, done. Yeah, I I I'd like to know if like what Rossi's thought process is here. Like, it's, I wonder if he's asked him. I wonder if he's discounted him. I wonder if he wants him in or anything I, I, I or never heard of him or or what like he's, he's, I mean, he's definitely heard of him hasn't he like if um or well, he's liking the tweets on 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 twitter like he did pass the information on um mm. yeah i just wonder why he's not been in there like and like you say it's a tough one if trying to immerse yourself in a culture and, and it, it's always difficult to walk into any team especially English players don't go abroad to play a lot. Um, so it is, it is a big leap to go and do that. But like you say, like the manager will speak in, in English. There's a few non-Hungarian speakers in there already, like Willy Orban, for example. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't speak Hungarian. Loic Nago doesn't speak Hungarian. So there are, and everyone speaks English pretty much. So you, it's not like you'd feel left out or, or anything like that. Um I'd, I'd have, yeah, I'd have definitely called him up. Um, the thing, so many good young players now coming through that are, that are pretty much becoming like the core of this 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 team as well. So, mm-hmm. and that that's a position that's like you know an aging one for us. So it just makes perfect sense for everybody. Just clearly not to Callum, but keep tweeting him, Tom. He's got a bad. Yeah at some point hasn't he but I, I think he said that he would want to play for for Hungary like I think I don't think he's discounted it or anything um I think he's not he's not kind of been like a bit like Martin Dardai who's like kind of 50 50 I, I think he I feel like he's said the right things to get a call I, I almost think it's like on Rossi but I don't know I don't oh obviously we, we're not privy to these conversations or anything 
Um, but like you say, it, it, he would be a part of this team for for the next 10 years. And it's also a really good way to showcase yourself to the world. Like, imagine he played in this team as a worldie against England. That could get him a Premier League move. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Or plays like amazing, like, say, if he played at the Euros and, like, had an amazing three games and against Portugal, Germany and France. And like, yeah, you could get a Premier League move out of that, Bundesliga or something. So, mm. um, and it's, I guess, maybe he's holding out for England a little bit, but yeah, I mean, that's, that is, like with the qualities and riches that England have, that is maybe a little bit bold, but. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, I just think that, by the, by the time you're at the age he is, albeit at the, at the sort of start of his journey, I think by then you know, don't you, whether you're going to be going to be playing for a team like England or not. But, um, yeah, it's unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, let's keep keep our eye on that. Um, Tom, looking at the looking at the reaction from the from the guys on Twitter that have um, kept their questions coming in as always, and thank you for those guys. Um, Griezmann Chief. John Spandley, Gail, Aaron, um, Pepe, Pepe Le Chef, um, they're pretty much all asking the same questions. What lineup are we going to uh, are we going to pick for um, for the game against England? So, Tom, you've got the squad there in front of you, I'm sure. So, um, let's hear what, what you uh, what are you going to go for? Back five, goalkeeper, midfield, attack. Yeah, I don't think there's too many surprises, to be honest. I think it'll be very similar to what we lined up in the Euros. So, Gulacci in goal. Um, it, I think it's almost certainly going to be Boller at right wing back. He's playing right wing back for Grasshoppers in, in Switzerland as well. And with Lovrencic and Nago out, he's he's the man to, to play there. And I think that's really exciting. Like you say, like we've got a lot of youth coming through at the moment, like 22-year-olds, 21-year-olds. Uh, 20, like to, through to that 25 and players that are going to be in there for a long time. And I think Boller is going to be one of those who's going to be in there for a long time. Obviously, moved to Wolves after the Euros as well and then got loaned out to Switzerland. So that's a really exciting one to see. I um, think Bock who will keep his place at right centre-back. Orban in the centre of that. Zolai, um at the left. Like, picks itself, really. I think Fiola keeps his position. I thought... Never probably he plays he plays everywhere, doesn't he? But like I, you don't often see him popping up playing at left wing back. But he was awesome in that Euros and with little other options, I think he's got to keep his place there. Like Nodge and Kleinheiser will obviously keep their place despite Nodge not playing too much football. And I, well, I say obviously, I don't think Shea. I think it's will be between Schaefer and Kleinheiser, but I think Kleinheiser will get the nice just because of his energy. Mm. I think Schaefer's cleaner on the ball, but Kleinheiser, especially against like someone like England who are going to have a lot of possession, that energy and that battle and that fight um, is, is, is crucial. And I think Kleinheiser offers that more than Schaefer. I'd probably play Schaefer against Albania ahead of Kleinheiser. Um, and then Sobos lies definitely got to come in for Schaefer, who obviously did really well at the Euros um, and is only 22 um, as well, which is pretty exciting. So that'll be my midfield three, and I think it will be. And then the same two who've done us a world of good at the Euros, like Charlay and Tenzolay. Um, Charlay's in pretty good form at Freiburg. 
scored at the week, um, scored or assisted at the weekend, but he scored earlier in um, in the season as well. And Zola, he scored at the weekend. Um, and that brings Shaloi on. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's going to be a nightmare for the English um, commentators. <laughs> Jesus. Um, to, to come off the bench. And Sabot Schoen as well, like, is doing really well in MLS. Um, I saw a stat that he has the most assists per minute in wow. MLS at the moment. So, um, so yeah, the future is bright. Like, I, like Shaloi's 25. Like, it feels like he's a bit younger. Like, you've got Shaloi, who's 24. Schoen is 20. Uh, Schaefer, 22. Sobosai, 20. Bola, 21. Like, Zolai at the back, 23. Like, there's a it's lot like, of youngsters in that. Like, it's, good, it's a good team. It's really, really insane. Um, we've got to remember, we get carried away with ourselves. We're, we're as guilty as anyone. Um, and, and why not? Because we've had so many years of utter shit, let's face it. Let's, let's ride the wave at the good time. But we are facing the European finalists who only went out on penalties they they were you know penalty kicks is a lottery they they could have been the holders of the european championships but you know obviously that went to italy we are still facing the european finalists um world cup semi-finalists albeit in budapest in front of 68,000 people that are going to be going absolutely crazy um i, I don't think the england players are going to be expecting what they're going to be walking out to um, unless they silence us, of course, pretty early. Are we being too complacent about our hopes for this game, Tom, do you think? Because I, I just sat earlier and thought, if if I hadn't watched the game or anything like that and turned the TV on and saw the result on, on Thursday night and it said, hungry nil, England three, I wouldn't raise my eyebrows and be like surprised if that makes sense um just as i wouldn't be surprised if i turned the tv on and it said england one uh, hungary one england nil or you know that kind of thing what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on that tom i think i think yeah 100 correct like i it, it's one of them games where we could easily lose three nil a little bit like that portugal game where they did have a lot of chances throughout that game, but then scored three near the end and it felt a bit harsh on us. Um, but like in that Portugal game, we could have even won it like Shabot Schoen scored um, to make it 1-0, but it was obviously offside. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like we definitely can win this game against the, like you say, the European Championship runners-up. Or we could lose this by a few goals because the the quality that they have is so enormous, and like they could be playing badly, but Harry Kane can score from anywhere on the pitch. Like Jaden Sancho can beat a man and 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 just whip one in the top corner, and he's probably not even going to play. Uh, Jack Grealish is obviously um, an amazing player at taking on players, and he barely played in the Euros either. Like. Their, their, their squad is so so deep, so much quality. Um, but I think it's just a sign of where Hungary are that we even have a chance here, and we and we genuinely feel like we do have a chance to win this game. And like you say, I would not be surprised if Hungary won this game at all. Um, 
and I'm feeling pretty confident. But um, again, it's 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 just so difficult to call. Like football is such a game of of small margins that one deflected goal early doors, and then Hungary have got to go out and open up a little bit more. And that's something that didn't happen to us in the Euros. Like we never went behind early. Um, and we never had to chase a game. Um, the only time we had to chase a game was when we went behind, uh, when we went level with Germany, and then Schaefer scored straight away, mm. and then they went, we went level again, and we couldn't muster anything in the last five or ten minutes um, against Germany in that game. Um, I think that's just, the, and obviously when we went behind against Portugal, we, we kind of collapsed. So. Um, it's it's yeah. It all depends on who scores first. I know that's very easy to say, but um, I think if we did score first or we held them for a long time, yeah, I would not be surprised if we won that game. Like you say, crowd behind us. I think they will be um, very not up for it. Basically, um, like they'll be on a bit of a downer after the Euros first game after um just after the Premier League's come back the Premier League's like got so much excitement going and then everyone's always like oh international break man come on and that's the the players will feel the same thing um after this weekend oh we've got to go to Hungary to play this friendly uh, qualifying we're already basically through because that's always the mentality for England during qualifiers uh, as we know, like no one really cares, no one really watches it in the country. Like people are just turning it on because there's nothing else to watch. Like that's the mentality that England have for these games, 100%. And they're going to be not in the right frame of mind. So that, and again, it gives a, Hungary a huge edge. Just on top of the fact that we are a very, very good side now, and we have exceptional, almost world class players in this team. Um, so if you look at kind of the recipe, um, putting all those things together, it puts me in a very, very confident mood, but, but the quality that they have is, is something that we can't ignore. Yeah, no, that's all very, very good points. Um, Southgate's been very vocal in saying that they've done their absolute due diligence and homework on Hungary to to, to a T. They've they've done so much homework on us, um, but what they haven't been able to do the homework on is with um, Soboslai back in the team because obviously our last performances were were all without him. So hopefully that will give us a little edge as well. Um, I just I, I feel England will put their strongest possible team out for this, where in possibly in the past they, they they wouldn't necessarily go with all their key guys, but obviously with the situation with Kane um, and everything like that that's been going on throughout the summer, a uh, few players that are not particularly in great form, etc. I, I just feel that he's gonna gonna really really go for it um, with a strong team. An incredible test for us, um, but let's face it, we thought Poland was going to be an incredibly tough test. And, you know, albeit for those minutes of madness, we scored three goals against Poland. Um, and, you know, we're, we're well and truly cruising in that game. So, like I say, I don't think we've got anything to fear here at all. It's almost, uh, 
I, I want to say it's a free hit, but the expectation in the country now is just so high, isn't it, on on, on this team? It's, it's just bizarre. It's, I, I can't remember the last time in my lifetime that there was expectation on a on a Hungarian team to to get a result against a team like England. But, you know, that's that's where we're at now. And long may it continue. Um, obviously, I feel for these attackers because we are so top heavy now with the amount of talent that we've got in there. It's bizarre where we, you know, in, in the past, we were calling up some very sort of dubious players in into that position because we just didn't have any and now we we've got like so many tom um do you think it's going to take a, a good result against england um and then these guys are likely to get a run out against andorra um four days later or do you feel that they'll change the team regardless um yeah i think they will for the andorra um i wouldn't take it too lightly because we know what they're yeah. like um they can be stubborn bastards um but like like you say like the whole the whole team is the whole squad is really really good and something that we didn't have in that in that euros was i guess a little bit of belief in the players coming on um whereas i think this squad we do like daniel shaloy a sport in Kansas City is a great option to bring on like one his quality and two his confidence that he's going to have is a great option off the bench something that we just didn't have in the Euros um, like we couldn't but well, we we were relying on Schoen who's obviously got huge talent and he's showing that uh, in, in spits and spots already in MLS which is really impressive but before that before the Euros He'd only played in Hungary for M Takeer, and we know his we know his qualities and Ajax product and all that. But like, yeah, it's, it it wasn't somewhere we could rely on. But he even two or three months down the line, like he's become more of an option off the bench. Daniel Gosdog was injured for the whole of the Euros, so when we were making midfield changes, and obviously Soboslai was injured for the Euros as well. So when we were making midfield changes, we were bringing on Tomas Sherry uh, and David Shiga. Like I, I, Shiga's been really good actually for Ferenc Varos for, for a while, but he was absolutely terrible against Portugal and then wasn't trusted um, for the next two games by Rossi. Tomas Sherry bringing him on like, fine, he's good in MB1, but he's a 33-year-old who has four caps like there's a reason for that and but like now immediately like we if we have to make one of them changes we can bring on Gostock who's playing week in week out in MLS we can bring on Schaefer who had really really good Euros um or Kleinheiser if he happens to be on the bench like the the players that we can swap in and out for the Andorra game it's not like when we played Andorra four years ago or whenever when we lost when we probably did make a few changes that day, like the players that we're bringing in now are of, of a much higher quality. And even someone like Janos Hahn, who didn't do too much in the two warm-up games that he did play, uh, in the one warm-up game he played, I think he came on for the, the last remaining minutes and against Germany. Like even he's just going to be a, a different level, I think now, like he's he, he's established himself. He's like, it's his second squad that he's going to be in. Like there's, I think there will be changes for that Andorra game and then depending on how those guys do potentially against Albania as well. Like, But 
I think it's probably probably the best idea is just to to keep it going. Like uh, maybe swap out Schaefer for Kleinheiser, but these games are really important and there's probably not too much point in risking it just in case. No, absolutely. And some more reaction from the guys on, on Twitter. Um, at David Dolak um, says, are we winning by three or four goals? I love that positivity, David. Uh, another David, it might be the same one with two accounts, I don't know, but Aspiring Bear, um, which England player would you take for the hungry team and who would you they who would they replace? It's a good question, David. Ooh. I think Kane for one. But would you <sighs> play Kane with a front two? Mm, yeah, I know that, that that is exactly what I thought when I was just about to say it, because Kane and our t- I mean Kane's obviously world class like as good a striker as anything out there, pretty much. Um, well, not quite as good as Lewandowski in Harlem, but he's not far off. Um, yeah, would he? How would he do in our side? I'm not really quite sure because he'd have to work really, really hard defensively. We'd have to play long balls up to him. Um, I'm go. I'm, I would go for Phillips or Rice in that midfield. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, Phillips is a. I mean, I love Adam Lodge, but. And Klein Heisler, to be fair, I love them, but those two are 100% a big upgrade on them, aren't they? Yeah, and just to say the energy that they would give you in that midfield, you, you just like that area between between uh, defence and midfield, they, they, they just wouldn't get a look in the other team. They would just yeah. be like, snapping at them constantly. It would be it would be phenomenal. Luke Shaw, I think, a left back. Yeah, again, it's again. just miles miles ahead of Fiola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how um, are we at this position where we even having to think about which players we would take because we exactly, exactly. Like I was just thinking of like the back two. I would have. Would I have both the fucking Hungary centre halves? I think I would. Mm. I think really. I think I think I think I would. I'd have the goalkeeper on the centre. I'd definitely have Golachi over. Uh, Pickford I think right back yeah you'd have one of their right backs because they've got an abundance of them but like I don't hate Boller at all and I think Boller I'm hoping that Boller will make it in the Premier League himself but I think now you would have their um, their right back Sobos I'd have over any of their midfielders um and I guess you'd have maybe like Mason Mount instead of Shalai, but like Tom, Tom, stop now because you're starting to replace the whole team after everything we just said. <laughs> it's close though, isn't it? It's not like the days where we had um, like Balas Jujak and that was basically it. Like it's like even despite like how many we'd we'd still take over, like of that English team would still take over the Hungarians. It, it's still like close like the, the, the it's not as the gap between the players isn't as enormous as as it once was uh, and there are actual players that I would 100% take over English players which I reckon if we looked at the team last time Hungary played against England which I think was like 2011 or so in a friendly um, I can't imagine there'd have been too many Hungarians that I'd have had over English players that day 
Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Now, funny, funny you mentioned you, Jack, because there's been another comment on on a on Twitter. This is from at Pepe Le Chef. Um, does Jujak deserve a spot in the national team? Perhaps not a starter, but could provide some leadership and quality off the bench. Now, Pepe, first of all, please, uh, thank you so much for your question. I'm not, I'm not having a go at you at all for this, but it's August 2021, and we're still having a discussion about. Jack, how does this even happen, Tom? Yeah, not for me. Not for me. Um, I also don't think he would bring too much leadership, like because I don't think I, I don't think he's an entirely selfless man. Like um, I don't know, Gabor Kiyurai or or Roland Juhash or someone like that who would mm. be a fantastic presence and a leader in, in the dressing room. We know from Jujak's past that he can be whiny, he can be selfish. Um, and I'd, I just don't think he would be a great presence to just have on the bench. He'd be chewing Rossi's ear off to get on every minute. He'd, he'd be moaning at people when he gets on. Like Jujak was fantastic for Hungary. And when Hungary weren't great, he led by example through his, his play. But I'm not sure he would be a great presence around the squads because he's an ego, isn't he? And we don't have too many egos in this team. Even even the best players in in the squad haven't got an ego. Thinking Gulacci, thinking Orban, Soboslai does a little bit, but like I don't think anywhere near to the same level as Jujak did. And he's a much better player. So not for me really. I think potentially could bring a little bit of a spark, but. Nah, no, thank you. It's yeah, it's time to move on from that yeah. from that episode and, and and say thank you very much. Um, yeah, again, not not for me in the slightest. I'm afraid it, it, a great pass, but he's also he's going to have to sit there and watch players who whose um, trajectory is going in in a completely different way than than his did and the way his should have gone. Would mm. like make him think mentally or what they would think of him as well. Because surely, you know, it's it's no, it's no um, shock to anyone. Everyone knows that his moves were all motivated by money and not football in the slightest. So, to have a look at these guys that that we've got playing, that you know, are playing because they want to play week in week out, regardless of the of the the, the, the division, they all know that they're going to get to that higher point. Like you know, Sobosh Lai is is only at the start of his career, and he's already you know proved himself to be a to be a fantastic player in, in in the Bundesliga, so yeah, not not for me, Balas. Thanks, but but no thanks. Shut the door on your way out, my friend. <laughs> I think you're really right. I think it's just he's just a symptom of Hungarian football of a bygone era, like you say. Who one of them players that we used to have all the time, who was awesome when he was growing up, and then just didn't make it and did silly things like made silly moves and like you say it was all motivated by money would would the players even have that much respect for him like like compared to someone like Willie Orban um who made it the hard way and Gulacci made it the hard way um and like Jujak didn't even ever play in a big league like he played in the area of and Russian Premier League which isn't bad and I'm not stating the guy like he had a pretty decent career and and it was awesome at times for Hungary and scored so many important goals but like 
yeah, I mean, Sobostai's probably arguably had a better club career than he did already. Like, yeah, and like Jujak at PSV was awesome for a couple of seasons, but after that, like, I, I, I'd probably reckon if you asked like loads of Hungarians, a thousand Hungarians, like how many moment, how many club moments can you remember from Jujak's career once he left PSV? Yeah. How like ninety nine percent wouldn't probably even be able to name a single moment. Yeah. I feel like I watch a lot of Hungarian football. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent with you, mate. Agree. <laughs> Tom's kicking the pressing, isn't it? That like, he, what? How old was he when he left PSV? Like twenty three, and he moved, and he was linked to all their moves, like to Juventus, Atletico yeah. Madrid, blah 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 blah. Yeah, he could have he could have played anywhere in Europe. I think would have taken him, any any club would have taken him at that time. Um, yeah. yeah. And like you say, it was it was at the time when, you know, it seemed to be that every Hungarian player wanted to get out of Hungary as soon as possible to whoever it may be, just to just to, you know, it was like a almost as if it was a tradition as a as a footballer. But I think you know that that tide is slowly turning now, and people are realising that even if I'm playing, well, let's let's look at Adam Bogdan, who's second choice goalkeeper at, at Ferenc and and he's getting called up for the Hungarian national team regularly now so stick around kids that's the, that's yeah the like like Bola like Bola was playing at, at Vidi until last season yeah. like Zolai Attila was at Mezakovic until last season yeah, yeah. Uh, no a couple of seasons ago oh, yes yeah. but but like yeah like you don't have to make that move straight away no, anymore I, if you're talented, you're going to get that move, but don't yeah. think you need to get that move to become talented, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you can develop as a player in Hungary, for sure, and especially with the setup that that's around the Hungarian national team at the minute, and say that the, the work that people like Shane are doing, that Istvan are doing, is this fantastic work. So, yeah, just just forget forget that the, the grass is greener on the other side and, and concentrate on, on what we've got in Hungary. Um Tom, to wrap up with, let's get a score prediction from you that we're going to hold you to, of course. Um, <laughs> firstly, for the England game and then um, Andorra. Albania. I, uh, I'm going to go 2-1 to Hungary. 2-1 to you? I like it. I'm going to go with 0-0. Uh, I, I'm going for 0-0. I'd take a boring 0-0 all day. Absolutely, absolutely. World Cup qualification is still on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andorra? Um, I'm going to go 4-0 Hungary. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm, I'll go one more. I'm going to go five. I think we win 5-0. Yeah, I think on that, because that big that pitch is pretty big at the Pushkash Arena, and I think we'll just kill them. Yeah. Um, someone like like the football that we can play. Like It's, it's tough when you play against away at Andorra, like... That game was not pretty when you're playing on their 3G and um, like AstroTurf pitch and and like their crowd and like they they know how to play at that home ground. But mm. I think it's a different prospect when we're, at, we're when Hungary at home that game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, again, it's a sellout for for the Andorra game as well, Tom. Yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah. When when was the last time 
68,000 people turned up to watch a game against Andorra. So, yeah, massive, massive respect to them. Um, to everyone that's going to be going to the game, I know you're all going to play your part and, you know, massive respect to every one of you who have done it from the beginning. Um, but just as Marco Rossi said, very, very important to remember now that we can do without any more penalties against us or anything. Fans are the most important thing behind this team. So, um, homophobic, racist chanting, hate speech, anything like that, respect the anthems and so on. Just show everyone what a country we are and how proud we are of our team and don't be the people that they expect us to be and we'll, we'll get through this and uh, we'll be at the World Cup before you know it. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Like, and, and the thing is, like, it, it's not it's not big, it's not clever and also, like, like the Carpathian Brigade also get a lot of criticism for this kind of thing but they are also of the same opinion that Gabby and I are like they don't want this shit any either like it's not they're not leading these chants like they're saying they're saying we don't want to be like this we want to be tolerant and like we we should be tolerant like we've got we've got a black player playing for us we've had Paolo Vinicius a black player only playing for us like two years ago we've got like immigrants basically playing for our team we've got players who weren't born in Hungary playing for our team like and and that's not even like the sole reason why you should be tolerant anyway like you should just be tolerant because it's a it's the right thing right, to do you. absolutely exactly and absolutely. so like yeah it's just yeah it's, it it makes you sad to be honest because we know like Hungarian people aren't like that and like you go to Budapest the most welcoming people in the world so it's not big it's not clever it's not funny or anything like that just yeah to stop it because also it's hurting yourselves as well like people aren't going to be able to go to games because of that stupidity so come on to be fair, all the idiots that are doing that, Tom, probably won't hear this because they're stuck in the 1980s and, uh, and only have, like, cassette tapes. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, still listening to Mein Kampf on cassette. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, been a pleasure to chat to you again. We will catch up after the um, games against England and Albania. So thanks for coming on, as always. And um, I'm sure Chris will be back with us to uh, to, to round that all up. Um, enjoy the game, guys. Haida uh, Majorasak. Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs>